Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Synergy Cast. I am your host, Sonia Joffer, and I am so excited to introduce you all to Sanj, who is a singer, songwriter, and musician based in LA, and she joins me for a conversation where we discuss her personal experiences working in the music industry as a South Asian first-generation woman. We also discuss how her music has helped Sanj cope with her mental health and how representation of BIPOC in the music industry matters. I want to put a content warning out there that we do discuss anxiety and depression, as well as both of us open up about our own personal experiences with our struggles with our mental health. So if this brings up any tough feelings or emotions for you, please utilize that self-care while listening, and it's okay to take breaks too. If you want to check out Sanj on social media, you can do so on Instagram and TikTok at Sanj. Also, check out her new music video for her hit single, Cloud Mind, which we talk about in today's episode and which is one of my favorite songs by her. It is so catchy. The music video is so beautiful. Y'all will definitely want to check it out. Also, check out her new EP. It's called At Dusk, and you can stream it wherever you stream music. I also put a link for that in the notes, as well as the link to her personal YouTube page if you want to check out more of her content. Um, But yeah, that's it for the intro. I just also wanted to make a little comment about how grateful I am that I got to have this conversation with Sanj. And she's just such a beautiful person inside and out. And I'm so happy that I got to know her a little bit more. Um, I loved her music, but I was just so excited when I got to actually know her and have a conversation with her. And definitely... I can just get this sense that she puts like her whole heart and soul into everything that she creates and she's very intentional about all the art that she makes and and all the love that she puts into it. So go check her out. Go go listen to her music. It's awesome. It's amazing. Show her some love. Um, But yeah, that's it. And I hope you all enjoy listening to today's episode. So welcome to the show, Sanj. I'm so thrilled to have you here. I just really appreciate you being here. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Of course. Yeah. Um, So I know that I personally found you through TikTok and I found you through one of your songs, which is like, I would say like your hit song, which is Cloud Nine. Um, So that's how I personally found you. And I like fell in love with your song like right away. I personally like, I love R&B music. And then so you're like an R&B artist and then also you're South Asian. So I was just, also you're from the Chicagoland area. So I was like, check, (laughs) check, check. (laughs) That's amazing. No, it's awesome how you found me like through TikTok too. I feel like there's so many, positives to that platform and it's just such a great place for people like me who are underground independent artists who don't have exposure like artists who are signed to a label and you know tiktok does such great marketing for us in a way so yeah i'm glad that it worked and that you found me that way definitely want to keep using that platform because it's just just great for like underground artists yeah definitely no that's very true i like what you said there Um, Especially with all this going on, like with all these music labels, like getting exposed for all their shady shit nowadays. So I think that's like extremely relevant. So I really like how you brought that up. And like, it's so cool how it's such a small world because we grew up in the same town, Naperville. So that also was like such a crazy coincidence. (laughs) Yeah, I know. The coincidences just keep coming. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, so what else would you like to share about yourself to the listeners before we get started? Yeah, well, I mean, just overall, like Sanjana from Neighborville, you kind of nailed it. But I, um, I am a dark R&B artist. And the type of music I make, it's a combination of like Carnotic vocal training that I've grown up doing. And then also it's a, it's a combination of that with kind of like the Western um, influences that I grew up listening to, like ASAP Rocky, Travis Scott, Khalid, Alina Braz, Lana Del Rey. Um, so like, I just grew up listening to such a specific set of like R&B and alternative artists, especially in Chicago. I feel like we have such a great music culture and um, having such a great like seasoned and like kind of music junkie taste in music, I guess. I really wanted to create something that could blend that with also um, my cultural roots, which is being a South Indian 
in America. Um, and so, yeah, I basically am an artist and I just released an EP a month ago. It's called At Dusk and you can stream it on basically every, every platform possible. And other than that, I live in Los Angeles now. I'm continuing to pursue music. I'm also working in the PR field full time. So basically I have two jobs right now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's that's like a little bit about me and what I have been up to lately. I'm really excited to be releasing new music soon. Um, and I also have a music video dropping tomorrow. So that'll be, that'll be exciting as well. Yes, definitely. Thank you for sharing all that about yourself. And yeah. I personally am a huge fan of your music. I love your music so much. I literally Thank listen you. to it like every single day. I was like yes, just listening to it in the shower. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's like why I do what I, what I do. And I, it's not to, it's really for that. I just want people to enjoy it and like listen to it and use it however they need to, whether it's for enjoyment, whether it's to get through something, whether it's to just like have it in, in the background when they're driving, like that's, if I can serve you in some way with my music, that's all I want. So it makes me really happy to hear that. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. I, I, I know when we talked about like prior to this too, I really felt that from our conversation that you're like very intentional about the way you make your music and about the content that you put out there. And that's what I really appreciate about how you approach your art practice as well. Um, yeah. And so everyone go listen to the new EP. The link is in the episode notes. So please go check that out. And we'll also plug it in at the end of the episode too. Um, but I also am really interested to hear how you got interested in singing and making music in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like that just that spans back to when I was young. I think my family itself had a huge um, impact on me getting involved in music at a young age. So like my dad sings, my mom loves music. I mean, my, I think even my extended family, they're just we're big music people. And so my mom noticed that I really took a liking to just like music in general and singing when I was young. So she put me in that Carnatic vocal training when I was four years old and I did it for over a decade. Um, I did it in Virginia when I used to live in Virginia. And then when I moved to Chicago, when I was in the fourth grade, I continued till senior year of high school. So I had that baseline, really stable training from a, a young age all the way to when I was a young adult. Um, and so that was kind of my first step into music. And it was what made me realize that I love music and not just as kind of like a hobby, but more of like, this makes me feel really good. And I think I can do something with this. After kind of getting that initial training, I also took up a lot of instruments growing up. So I was in orchestra from the fifth grade to senior year. Um, I played piano. I like just recently got a guitar a couple of years ago. So I've been trying to teach myself that as well, but I've always loved music. Um, I think more in the, the songwriting aspects, I only started that in college, um, like a freshman year of college. And I just feel like that happened for different reasons. And what made me start writing is just like everything I'd learned was all kind of like technical theory, um, just like how to sing well and how to, you know, strengthen your voice type stuff. But then the songwriting was like, okay, wait, like I have so much to write about now, like things are happening and I feel like I need to write. And that's when I combined the two, the training and the, the creative writing processes that I was going through and put those together and actually made like tangible music that I could release. So it's been a process. I mean, it's to say it hasn't been a journey would be lying. Like it really has been a journey. Um, and it continues to evolve. Like as I release more music, I think that every release I put out, I learn more and more about myself, my style, what I'm trying to convey and like what works with my voice. And so, yeah, it's never ending. It's going to continue from here as well. Like this isn't just like, Oh, I've got it. And now that's it. No, it's like, I'm a year from now, I'll probably look back and be like, what was I doing? Like, I feel like that just happens, you know? So that's a little bit about like how I got into music, but there's definitely a lot more in terms of just like the songwriting process and, and what really went through my head when I was like, wait, I want to release music itself. Yeah, definitely. I think that's so cool, especially, I know we're going to get into a little bit later about incorporating your South Asian cultural background with your music. I know you mentioned that too. Um, but I think you can you can hear all that in your music. And now that you're mentioning like your training um, growing up and how your like mom put you in that and then how like music spoke to you at such a young age, I can really relate to that too because like I started playing the piano when I was five and then like music was like my thing. Like it was like my coping strategy. Like every time I was stressed out or like 
even when I was happy, like music was just like that one thing that was always there for me. And it was like consistent thing. Um, So I can really relate to that. And I really like how that translates through your music, too. And it's really cool to see how you can like see your journey and your like life transition and growth through your music which I think is, like, right. so cool because not a lot of people can see that or, like, have, like, a public record or, like, you know, something tangible yeah. where they can, like, see their whole growth. So that's what I think yeah. is really cool about it, too. Yeah, no, that's awesome that you, like, even notice that, too, because I feel like I didn't plan that. It more just, like, the times that I released music were just times that, like, I had a lot to write about. And so when I look back on everything I've released, I'm like, wow, this is very like specific to a certain point in my life. And it like, I feel like I'm re-immersed into that world. Like when I listen to that certain song or certain EP, you know? So it's like, it's really cool too, because not only for other people to listen to when I'm older, like when I look back, I can literally like just listen to my whole catalog and like basically relive like everything I felt in those moments. So in a way it's also like for me too, I, I, truly like gain something from this just personally spiritually just like growth wise I really like it does like affect me and help me in the long run yeah that's beautiful I love that it's like that community aspect like it's also like for yourself and it's like your independent thing but also like when you share it with the community it also like connects with other people as well so I really like how it can do both like it can help you independently but also like help people out there too and help them connect to your story too Um, And also, I'm like, really interested in hearing your personal experience so far working in the music industry. And also, you are a South Asian woman. So how has that impacted your experience, too? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in so overall, working in the industry is not easy. That's obvious. But the main thing with me is that I didn't really have anyone to guide me, per se, um, when I first got involved in the industry. And like, I mean, the first EP I put out was like in college, I was literally recording in my bedroom and like, it was more of just like, oh, this is fun. And I'm going to see where this type, this goes type of thing. It wasn't like, oh, I'm creating a campaign and I'm putting this music out and I'm putting like, you know, it wasn't like a whole business operation. It was more just like, oh, I'm just going to see what happens, you know? And so back then I didn't really think of it as like, oh, I need a team or I need, you know, I need guidance. I need help. And so I was just going with the flow. But I think more after that, when I started releasing singles and like, graduated college, moved to LA. And I was like, I'm doing music. That's when I was like, wait, I don't have anyone to like consult with. And like someone that's in the industry already that can really help me out per se. I have a cousin, but he's in film. So it's a little different. I mean, he has helped a lot, but I don't have anyone who's like in music that I can trust. That's another thing that I can trust that will help me and have good intentions for me as well. Um, And so I had to do a lot of it alone. And I did. The thing is like a lot of the stuff that I did was writing. I mean, most of the, most of the fact of the matter is like, all I've really done is write and then release. After releasing the music, I've kind of just like learned things as I go. Um, and so I've kind of like brought myself up to speed on how the industry works just through like years and years of practice. And especially after this last VP, I kind of understand what goes into a music campaign, what I need to look out for when I'm releasing a song. Like, you know, there's so many things that go into just releasing one song, like playlisting and distribution and marketing and, um, you know, getting yourself on the right, like articles and press and all that stuff, you know? So it's like, imagine doing that for a whole EP. I was really forced into learning what I needed to do because I was like, this is stuff that I really want people to hear. I want a broad, like a, a huge range of people to hear it. So I need to go all in and I need to figure out, you know, the strategies that I, that I'm going to use. And so a lot of it was just through like research. Also, my producer was a huge help. He like, Honestly, if I had a manager, like I would call him my manager just because he's given me so much advice. He's helped me with marketing. He's helped me with just like overall, like my vision for the EP. And so I I owe a lot to him too. And he's just like, it happened to be like, he's a friend from high school that we kept in touch. And like, when I got into music, he believed in me and, you know, saw that I, you know, I could, I had a shot. And so he like put invested in me while through like producing and mixing and mastering for me. And so I've been working with him for years and I think he's like one of the true people that I've really like le- leaned on because I don't really like to, to depend on anyone in this industry because you don't really know what people's true intentions are. Um, and like a lot of people really just want to use you for either money or for just who knows what, like there's really been so many things that happen to me and people I know where they're just like taken advantage of or like people are trying to like just slide in to do something for the wrong reasons. And so he, he and like a few, a few, ch- like very few people are people that I trust in this process. It's something that I really, 
I like I pride myself on for sure because I know there's like people in the industry who have huge teams who like really don't do a lot of like the work themselves, which is fine because like they're focused on writing, but like I'm focused on writing as, as well as like 80 other things, you know? So that's just the beauty, but also like the pain of being like a true independent artist. I don't want that to be the case forever. Obviously I do want to at one point, at some point have a team and like have like a manager I can like really like lean on, you know, so that I don't have to do everything myself. Cause I also work full time. So it's just a lot, but um, just being in the industry itself, it's not easy. It's not, something that you can go into with the idea that hey if it goes wrong i'll just give up because then you're it's just not worth it so you have to go in with like really like a thick skull you do and you have to just understand that you're going to fail so many times which i have i have failed so many times you just have to keep going because like that's it that's all you that's all you can do and specifically with being like a south asian in this industry i mean there are so many things that come with that a south asian woman like like people automatically don't really believe that you will make it like i don't know i just feel like i've gotten that energy from a lot of people like from all over just like they laugh at it almost you know it's like i feel like i've gotten laughed at in the past just for like being an artist who wants to release music um not only that i mean i just i feel like we're not given as many opportunities as other artists per se that aren't south asian and i'm not saying that to be you know like oh it's unfair but it's just true it's just like what i've noticed and what i've from my experience i've seen. Uh, but I, I will say that at least like for this past EP, I've noticed that there's a lot more of a community than there used to be. Um, and I love that. I love that there's a lot more of a community. And I feel like now I, I kind of like have this like group of people that I know are like in the industry or just like also artists or doing something really cool that are South Asian that um, it makes me feel more interconnected and it makes me feel more appreciated and I'm sure they can say the same. So there's, there's definitely ups and downs to it. I just feel like for me, it's been a very solo journey. Honestly, I'm going to say I did it myself. Like I did, I did it all by myself. And I'm saying that because like, it sucked. It was hard. There were so many times where I wanted to give up. There's so many times where I felt like no one like liked me, liked my music, cared about my music. And there were times where I felt the opposite, you know, it's just, it's just kind of like the way it is when you're alone and you know doing this basically like by yourself so yeah that's that's kind of my personal experience working in the music industry so far at least yeah definitely thank you for sharing all that that's like so interesting to like listen to all the like behind the scenes of like what what really goes on you know in the industry and i know there's like a right. lot more to it too but like i feel like you hit on some really key points there you're yeah. right like it's it's so hard just being a woman alone making it in any industry but let alone being a woman of color a south asian woman like there's so many more barriers to that too and i definitely can see that for sure because like i think things and you mentioned it too things are getting a lot better in our community in our community and like the desi community i feel like there's more South Asian people coming out as like creatives and stuff like that yeah. nowadays. But like when we were growing up, like it was basically like you're going to be a doctor, a nurse, an engineer or like a lawyer maybe, but like that's it. Or nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, or you're a failure. Or you're a failure. <laughs> yeah. Or you'll be like a housewife or something and like your husband. Or you'll be like business. But if you're not finance or accounting, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's so many barriers just like, like you mentioned within our own culture and our own family even in our own circles, but let alone the world on a global level too. And like, who you are like trying to break through all these barriers and I see that for sure yeah yeah and I will speak for myself but I know there's a lot of other South Asian artists South Asian female artists who are doing the exact same thing they're just absolutely killing it so it's like really nice to see that and it really like it, it uplifts me in a way like I feel like some people will be like oh there's so much competition but for me it's like it's so nice to see that and it feels like we're a team almost we're like we're like the more the better you know like we're lift we're like in this together to like break boundaries and like be that like bad bitch like south asian like female artists you know community and it's it's happening like there's so many great artists who are on the come up too along like with me and it's really nice to see and it um it makes me feel more like hopeful for sure it makes me feel a lot more optimistic about 
my future. I love that so much because like you're right so many people would be like oh this is my competition and like I feel like women are pitted against women a lot of times in the industry alone so like there is some control that we have with that but I feel like there's a lot of outside external controls too that kind of like literally pit us against one another because I see on your social media that you always like give shout outs to other South Asian artists and just other artists in general too and so uh, female artists so I really like that you do that and like see it as like we're stronger together in numbers and not like closed off to that yeah definitely and I just I mean I just know like the amount of time effort money like just everything that goes into even putting out one song so like one share is not even enough honestly in my eyes like they're like it's just like I want like that's what I want to do and that's what other artists are doing too I feel like a lot of people understand that now and like people are being so gracious about like showcasing and spotlighting other artists on their page and like I am doing the favor back because it's I owe that you know like it's it's just something that we need to do to help each other out yeah I love that message so, so much yes and like I know that you did mention some ways that you incorporate your South Asian cultural background in your music. But if you want to like dive more into that and also why is that important to you too? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, I think it's the the main, so like the reason Carnatic music is so important to me is not only, I mean, I did it for so long. It's what I remember as like sparking my like love for music. And like one thing that also I, I remember so vividly is like my first singing teacher, my first Carnatic teacher I had her for like six years and she was super strict, but she was the best teacher I've literally ever had. And she changed my outlook on music. She's like the reason, like my voice is the way it is. It's she's the reason I sing the way I do. And I, I just hold her very close to my heart and I hold that experience in general of just like learning how to sing well, but also being trained carnotically and, and being closer to my culture were just two things that really like, I just remember so vividly and something that I grew up with and it's something that I will always hold close to my heart. So why would I not want to showcase that in my music, you know? So it's like, I don't know, up until now I've, cre- I've written a lot of R&B music and like, I definitely love R&B and that's always going to be like my go-to style, but I was like, something's missing. Something is missing. And like, it's because I wasn't putting in what my original, what my, my tribute to music should be is Carnatic music, you know, cause that's what made me the singer I am. So I was like, I need to start putting, incorporating that in my music. And the way I wanted to do it is a way where it's not too showy, where it's not like it kind of distracts the rest of the song. And you're like, wait, this is not flowing well. It's, it's, I just wanted it to blend into the music I wrote so that you don't even realize you're listening to a blend of different cultures. It's just, you're listening and like, you're enjoying it. And then afterwards you're like, wow, like this is, there's some Indian like stuff in here. There's some um, like R&B stuff in here. Like what is happening? Like, it's so cool. The most amazing part is that like non-Indian people are coming to me and they're saying, wow, like, I love this. Like, it's so beautiful and it's so good. And like, I had one person say to me, usually like as a non-Indian listener, when I listen to Indian music or like fusion music, it's a little harder for me to listen to because I don't really understand the language. And like, I just didn't grow up with it. It's not my culture. So it's like, it's something that it's harder for me to wrap my head around. But like when I listened to Cloudmind, it just flowed and synchronized so well that I didn't even realize what was happening. I just like liked it, you know? And so that's what I'm trying to do so that we can bring more recognition to Carnatic music, to like Indian music in general, specifically Carnatic. And like, and some of my songs have had Hindi lyrics in there. I've had like some like Hindustani or like just like more like Bollywood type of like vibes in there. But I want to bring bring that into my music and make it a norm. That's the main thing. We should have that within, with, with Indian music as well. There's no reason that it shouldn't be because it's so beautiful. Indian music is amazing. There's so many types of Indian music. There's so many layers to it. And I, I'm just doing it justice. And from what I, from my experiences and from my training, um, and I'm doing it in the realms of like mixing R&B, which is my go-to genre with, um, with Carnatic, uh, music, which is like, interesting because I I don't think that's like the typical mix per se, you know? So it's, it's cool. Honestly, it's still an experiment to me. Uh, Like I, 
I'm still learning as I go, like how to do it, but it's fun and it worked once. So it'll work again, obviously. Like it, it can work for anyone who's going to try it, you know? Yeah. It's amazing. Like, honestly, the first song I heard of yours was cloud mind. And when I listened to it, I immediately noticed like that Indian influence, like in the yeah. rag and like the little, I, I don't know. It's after the chorus, I'm like forgetting the yeah. technical it's terms. Like the hook. <laughs> yeah. The hook. There yeah. you go. When I heard that, I was like, I felt so warm. Like, I was like, dude, this is like a touch of home. That's so like for Indian people, I want them to listen to it and be like, whoa, like it, they come to that part because it's just very specific in the song. It's like that one part where everything goes quiet and it's just that, you know, it's just the Carnatic vocals. And I, and like, I just want them to be like, wow, this makes me feel like at home almost. And then for non-Indian listeners, I want them to hear that and be amazed at like how beautiful Carnatic music is, you know? And I want them to be curious. I want them to be like, what is this? Like, this isn't like, what drake usually sings like i'm not familiar with this and they they learn more and they in in effect we are spreading our culture and doing it justice so that is my aim and it's so fun too the thing is it's fun it's not just like a, a chore for me like i'm excited because i have expertise in carnatic music i'm like i've i've trained in it for over a decade and i really love army music and i've written a lot of army music so i'm gonna do my best to like fuse the two and make it as good as it possibly can be in my eyes. So yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like my vision for music going forward too. I'm like really excited to just make like a thousand versions of cloud nine basically. Yeah, that's amazing. And like, you're kind of like paving this way, you and other South Asian female artists right now that are like up and coming, you all are like paving this new genre, like this genre yeah. like doesn't really exist. So y'all are kind of just like experimenting here and there and like literally creating this brand new genre that yeah. hopefully like future generations will grow up listening to and can just add on top of that too. And it'll yeah. be a staple genre just like any other genre out there. Yeah, exactly. I, I completely agree. And I think even like just so specifically to like the South Asian R&B fusion female artists. I think that's such a specific thing that isn't as huge as like, I mean, even Zayn Malik, like he, he's created like fusion, like pop music with like Arabic undertones, you know, just like, he's like had those like songs where you can hear like the, like his roots in it as well. So it's like very cool, but like there's, I don't know any R&B south asian female artists that are like doing the same thing other than the ones that are up and coming with me you know the ones that are also like you know independent who are working hard and, and creating music on the low like me and so it's really cool you're right like it is like we're kind of paving our own genre in a way and and i hopefully you know we won't be the first like this is just the start you know there'll be more to come more people to follow and we can finally like we can be recognized by a lot of people which which will be great and i'm confident it'll happen i am definitely yeah and like one more thing that like i really really liked that you brought up earlier was like how your music is literally like a reflection of who you are because we are first generation so we were raised in America and Western culture, but then we were also raised by immigrants that came from India. And so yeah. we have that as a part of who we are too. It's a part of our culture as well. So like for me, I've talked a lot on this podcast before about how I've always had to balance the two, like Western right. culture and South Asian culture, they clash a lot. But right. if you strike that balance between both of them, which I feel like first generations are forced to balance them um, yeah. from a very young age, but um, it's very beautiful when you achieve that balance, when you hold both parts of those cultures, because there's yeah. pros and cons to both cultures. And so yeah. to balance the two, I hear that in the music as well. And it's like a direct reflection of the first generation experience too which i which oh my I, god yeah i didn't even think about that that's a very good comparison honestly like thinking about it yeah because every single one of us has like bat like we are in a constant battle of like our in like our our indian parents our immigrant parents and like our life you know like our our, our life in america and ever since we were young we've battled like balancing that culture but also fitting in and like wanting to make friends and like wanting to like be american you know but also not disappointing our parents and also remembering our culture from home and it's just like that is honestly subconsciously probably why i started writing music like this in the first place because i was like i want to to do that i want to balance 
where I'm original, where my parents are from, what, who I am also with who I also am and who I grew up to be in America. And so that's a very good comparison. And I, I really like that. That is <laughs> right on, you hit that right on the head. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, that's like what you were sharing just like inspired that in me too. So yeah. it's like what you were saying also brought that up too. Um, and yeah. I know we did speak on this already, but if you have anything else to add about your thoughts on representation of South Asian women and other BIPOC, which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, um, in general in the music industry, what other thoughts do you have on that? Yeah, I mean, I just think in terms of like the subject as a whole to people who are in a place where they are discouraged and they feel like they aren't going to make it in whatever facet it is, whether it's music or literally anything, don't take no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer and don't give a fuck about, I'm sorry, don't give a fuck about what people have to say because the second you do that, the second you're wait, you're, the second you're compromising yourself for someone else or some, something else. And, and that's, we have one life. We have one short life and you are who you are. And, and if you're not proud of that, and if you're not willing to go past unnecessary, irrelevant opinions, then you're selling yourself short. It's so hard and it's, it's so hard to do that. You know, it's so hard to say fuck you to the noise and, and focus on your, your vision and what you want for yourself and not let it get to you and not let it depress you and stress you out and make you anxious and make you second guess yourself. But the second you even give yourself that one chance where you're like, you know what, I'm going to listen to myself instead of all these other people who have no idea who I am, who are just judging based off of their discriminatory thoughts and upbringing and whatever is going on in their head. They have their own issues. I'm going to believe in myself and do this. The second you do that, the second you will see something change in your life. And it sounds cliche, but it's just so true. And like, I can say that it happened to me because I was so discouraged. I literally like didn't think music was going to work out. I wasn't proud of anything I'd put out. I thought that like people were, were laughing at me, honestly. I just thought that I was not appreciated at all. I was never like consulted for like, I don't know. I just, there are a lot of other artists and like, I, I feel like I was never placed up to that standard with other artists. I was just kind of like, oh, she's like a joke. You know, like that's how I felt others perceive me. Maybe they didn't, but that's just how I felt. And the second I was like, I don't give a shit. I care about writing the music and I care about doing what I'm passionate about. And I just said, fuck the noise. Like, this is what happened. I created an, I released an EP and like things are going well and you can't expect growth and change and positive results for yourself unless you do that. Don't give up. It's so, it's so hard. I know. And it's, it's hard. It's easy to get caught up in doubts and, and get depressed and let it get you down. I was in, in a depressed stage for like um, over a year, you know? So it's, it can, it's phases. It can be a phase of your life, but like, don't allow that to eat up your energy and be all consuming. Uh, because there is a there is a light at the end of the tunnel if you keep following what you believe you're meant to do. There is. It's your passion. Like you you fuel your own passion. You know. So I think it's more just advice, I guess, because like I go through this every day where I'm like, you know, it's not that I'm like happy now all the time. Like no, it's just more of like I know it's possible. So I'm telling you, don't give up. And I know so many people are going through their own things. You know, their own. Um, trials and tribulations with whatever it is, being a female, being, you know, by POC, being whatever you might be, like, just focus on your, your purpose, your purpose, and fuck anyone who has anything else to say about it, because they don't matter. That's it. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. That is like true words of wisdom right there. I love that so much. Like that message is so powerful. And I think especially like in our culture, we can speak from our culture. It's like very community oriented versus the independent, like the individual. So like there's that famous saying, like right like what are people gonna think that's like if i had a dollar for every time my parents or a family member said that i could probably pay off all my student loans (laughs) that's like undergrad and grad school so that's a lot y'all yo (laughs) but yeah it's just like so it's so hard to just like not like just tune out what everyone else is saying especially when you come from a culture that cares so much about what people say that I really like that you like said you know what just be unapologetically yourself 
and just yeah. like get in tune with yourself and like you're your yeah. biggest fan like you're your star player so like yeah. how do you feel about you like start from there and then work your exactly. way up exactly it just it sucks in a way that our cultures i mean it's a it's honestly a great thing and a shitty thing that like our culture is so community focused because obviously like a lot like the the great thing about that is like family is such a big aspect in in indian culture and like we hold that tight and we love our family like no other but also it's just so as you said what are people gonna think community related like that and like i mean i have even i'm sure everyone every brown person i think has gone through this where they have a family member or a friend or an auntie or an uncle who are, your parents are like oh like why like don't tell them that you're doing this or like oh can you just pretend you're doing that or like what are they gonna think if they hear this like oh my god it's just i i have no words for that i'm just don't don't worry about that that's the thing like even if your family or someone who's influential and important to you in your life is like saying those things to you it's not that big a deal like I, it's just focus focus on the vision focus on the purpose and like at the end of the day when you're when you're accomplishing your goals and you're looking back you're gonna be like that person's probably like wishing they were me now you know like they're probably like oh my god they're probably telling their daughters and sons about you now you know so just think about it in that way think about it as like it's it's gonna come full circle and things are gonna things are gonna pan out that's kind of how i think now because i'm like i definitely have like people in my community who are like oh my god she's like PR and like music like she like she's her brother's a doctor like what is she doing you know and it's like fuck you <laughs> I don't care like it, it's you just have to keep that mindset you really do otherwise you're gonna get sucked into it and otherwise you're gonna second guess yourself and stop yourself from doing things that could literally change your life and that could make that could bring out what you're meant to do you know and so for it, this applies to literally anything anything it applies to anything and it's just something that I think a lot of us struggle with in the community because we don't want to disappoint people obviously. And we have a lot of our parents or family have high expectations of us, but I have literally trained my parents to stop doing that. Like I, it's, it's honestly what you have to do. I think you just have to like condition them to be like, to not care. I think <laughs> just not care. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah, I think on my end, that's what I've done. <laughs> yeah, it's like exposure therapy, kind of like you yeah. like just slowly, slowly give them little micro doses of it. And yes. then over time, like they're like, wait a second, like how do we get here? Honestly, but then they're like, my parents are so proud. So it's like, it, I, it, I'm glad I did it, honestly, because I feel like they're my parents are very reasonable people and like they're very supportive it's just like obviously we're still all brown and like they still like my brother's a doctor and like my a lot of my families a lot of my extended family are in the medical field or engineers so it's like they automatically are still like worried you know at first and they're like okay like we know you want to do this but like is it is it sustainable like is it worth it is it possible you know but after this type of project where i've shown what i can do and like shown how committed i am more than the results it's more just like how committed i am and how passionate i am about it that's what drew their support 100 percent, you know and they were like we always knew you had talent but the fact that you're you're really you're putting your all into this and we see how passionate you are about it and along with that we see results which is also great like we couldn't be happier you know that's a normal like a supportive parent even if they're brown and even if they have that whole like what will people think um phase once you show you know that you're really passionate and that you are truly meant to do something it's easier to get them to understand and obviously this can't relate to every parent i'm not you know i'm not in other people's shoes but like for a lot of people i know at least and their parents i can see that happening a lot of a lot of the people i know in the brown community the parents aren't reasonable people it's more just like they're worried like they're just worried you know so that's yeah with my parents i think it was more just like they're worried and like i i worked my ass off stopped caring about what people thought and i gave them results and they were like wow okay we're on board. Yeah, that's amazing. I love to hear that like your parents are super supportive. That's like amazing. I'm very definitely grateful for that because I know a lot of people don't have that. And if you don't have that and you're listening to this, DM me because I will, I will help you. I will support you because like everyone deserves support and everyone like it just sucks to know that like some people don't have like their family backing them and like that's something i am very like very thankful for for sure yeah exactly that's where like if you don't if you're listening and you don't like you can't relate to that because i do i like i personally am also very privileged that i have parents that are like super open-minded and um 
you know, supportive, but like I have a lot of close friends of mine who like can't really say the same. So like that's where like your chosen family comes in. So that's like why it's so important to have like that small circle of like quality people around you that will be your chosen family and will give you that support that if if you don't get that from your family, you got to get that from somewhere else. From somewhere. Yeah, I love that that phrase, chosen family, for sure. That is so reflected on like what what life is about, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like I know that we touched on mental health a little bit, but you know, I'm gonna being on this podcast, I'm gonna encourage you to talk about <laughs> mental health. Oh yeah, um, of course. Yeah. So, uh, what is your what are your thoughts on like music and mental health as well? Yeah, I mean. It's- so my specific story is that I, every time I wrote music and released music, I was going through something really whack. Like I'm never like happy and releasing music. That's just not a thing. So like the, like it's kind of messed up in a way, but like it just works for me. And like, for me, my outlet is music when it comes to like something I need to pull me out of depression because I'm not very open with this, but like I will be just because there's no reason for me not to be. But like I have faced a lot of, adversity in the last four or five years and a lot of things just people don't know about and like I don't like to talk about in general just because I'm trying to like move on from the past but I like have gone through periods of really bad depression and really really bad anxiety I still have anxiety today I don't think that's gone away maybe it's gotten a little better but depression was real for me and I think for me what pulled me out was the fact that I could take everything I was feeling and put it into a song and then just like move on. Like it was my way of just being like, I'm gonna throw this all into something and then just like walk away and like, like physically just like take myself out of it in a way. Like it felt like releasing, like in a way it was weird. It was weird, but like it worked for me. And what I have to say, it isn't even specific to music, but in mental health in general. And if you're, if you're going through something like I can't even emphasize how important it is to have like an outlet that isn't relying on a person and that isn't relying on money. It has to be something that you do, whether it's a hobby, like writing, like songwriting, like drawing, like, and there's so many things it could be, but you need to have something that, that you can just escape the world from with. Um, And the reason I say it shouldn't be revolving around a person or money is because if, if you, if you depend on a person or money for your escape from like, depression or your escape from feeling like shit sometimes like that's that's not going to be good for you because those things aren't permanent those things all aren't always going to be there and you don't want to depend on things that are not permanent to help to, to heal you you know I might not be phrasing this properly but like for me music was my permanent thing that I always could depend on that I always could come back to at the end of the day when no one was talking to me or no one was there for me. If I didn't have any other outlets, you know, I I couldn't use any other thing to help make me happy, uh, material or person. I use music. I think I just learned over time that like, I'm going to skip all that other shit where I depend on someone or where I, you know, go on a shopping spree or do something where I don't need to do to feel better and just focus on what really truly makes me happy. And that is music. And so and yeah, I just, I really think it's important to have that, that outlet. Um, and it, it's okay if you're unsure of what it's going to be, you can always experiment. You, you know, there's so many things out there that you can do, whether it's just reading a book, um, writing in a journal, um, just drawing or going for a run, getting into fitness again. Like there's so many things you can do, you know? And the reason I'm emphasizing it is because I never really thought it was that, that, that effective until I did it. And I was like, wow, this really just like, it just really, it affects the chemicals in your brain in a way. It just makes you more like relaxed and makes you more just like overall, like, I don't know. I just feel like endorphins rush and like, you're just happier in a way. So that's, that's like my advice in terms of if you're dealing with something and you, and you want to have an outlet, like I have with music experiment, you know, try, try different things because there is something for everyone. Um, and it is helpful. It is really helpful to be able to just get your thoughts out onto some sort of art or some, something that exerting your energy into something where you can, you know, just get it all out, um, is just the best way to deal with depression and anxiety and just being living life, you know? So I think, yeah, that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, and it's been helping a lot. It's been helping a lot, but obviously now it's more of like a professional thing for me. So it's kind of doing the opposite too, in a way where I'm just like, it's building on my anxiety, but 
at the end of the day, I'm always going to know my purpose and my purpose is making music and like, and using it as an outlet to express myself rather than using it as something to make money from. And that's always what it's going to be for me, whether it does make money for me or not. I hope it does, but like, if it doesn't, it's okay. You know? So yeah. Yeah. I'm just like sitting with everything you just shared right now. It's like, I acknowledge that that's, it's very difficult to like speak on like personal experiences with mental health. So I really appreciate you like sharing a piece of your story and, and like whatever you shared about, like what helped you like cope through that, you know? So I I really acknowledge that 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 is difficult to discuss. And um, I really appreciate you sharing that and speaking on that. Cause like, we don't like, we don't talk about it a lot, you know, like, especially like in our community, there's such a stigma with mental health that we just don't talk about it. And I feel like we're getting a little bit better at it now. Um, But you know, like a lot of times just talking about it and like, listening and hearing that someone else can relate to what you went through can make you feel a little bit less alone because like I I personally have lived through depression and I have anxiety too and when I was going through my like peak depression period like there is nothing that makes you feel more alone than depression does like you could be surrounded by thousands of people every day and still feel so isolated and like so alone so just like hearing that somebody else shares like a similar experience as you can just like reduce that just by a little bit and and so i that's why i appreciate you like speaking on that and like being open to like share about that and like that's why there's this like music is so healing like what you said like it changes the it literally scientifically has the power to change the chemicals in your brain and that's why there's a whole field out there called music therapy which i think is like super interesting i know like i'm in art therapy and i was always like in between like do i want to go to music therapy or art therapy but they're both so cool but you know yeah that that's why there's like a whole field out there just for music therapy and like i also do want to say a little note that if you do have like more severe types of depression or like mental illness find your coping skills i think that's all very important and then also it's okay to get help like it's okay to like go to therapy and like if you need medication that's cool too like whatever works for you but like you know go seek that help like that that's totally okay there's nothing wrong with like going going to therapy and like working on yourself and like also the coping skills you mentioned too like outside of therapy you want to practice that as well and like develop that on your own independently too so I really like how you mentioned that coping skill part yeah and I agree completely on the therapy and and like medication whatever it might be that could help you I feel like there's stigma around that in the brown community for sure and I myself have been scared sometimes to admit that like I'm going to therapy or that I've gotten therapy especially to like close friends or like family even because I'm just like more because I just don't want them to worry about me but also it's just because like they're like oh my god like we didn't like are you okay you know it's just like it's just there's so much stigma around it especially within our community and I want to reiterate that it is totally okay to to get to get help and I think it's necessary honestly so that you understand that you are not alone in this you know that you're not alone and that there are ways for you to get to, to feel better and to work on your mental state and invest in yourself you know it's like another way of saying investing in yourself investing in your your mental health and making sure you're in a good space and a good mindset is so important and uh, like I'm an advocate for that a hundred percent I've gone to therapy multiple many times especially in college like there there was like a health center on campus I would go all the time I think that it's extremely helpful and for people who are more afraid or just a little hesitant to to take that route but they know but you think that it might help you like just go go once and see how it is you know see see if it helps you or not because you'd be surprised talking to someone unbiased who can just give you kind of like an outside perspective on what you're feeling and put it more into like layman's terms for you at times can, it can really impact you and how you view things. Um, and so, yeah, I completely agree with that. And I am, yeah, I I've done it myself and it's definitely helpful for sure. Yeah. I I love therapy. I love talking about therapy. I could literally do it all day. It's like, it's so amazing. It's done wonders for me, um, as well. And like, I, le- I love just like talking about it because I feel like it reduces the stigma a little bit. Just like, just a tiny Absolutely. bit every time, like every time you I need like- to reduce the stigma for sure. Hell yeah, it's hell like, yeah. There's none. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And it's like for physical health, there's like 
no stigma. But then for such a big thing, yeah. <laughs> but then for mental, for mental health, it like switches up, and it's like I always tell everyone that like everyone has mental health. Like everyone has a mind and a brain. So like it's literally universal. Like everybody has yeah. that, and like just like you go see a doctor once a year or something, you know, like or every so often, anytime you're fe- like feeling anything physically, you also have to see a therapist too. Like maybe in the, I mean I exactly. see one once a week, but if if it doesn't work yeah. for you, you could just go like once a month or like once every, you know, four yeah. months or whatever. But like yeah, I think yeah. I think that's super important. And I'm really happy that you're like also encouraging that message too for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely think that's a, a very it's a very it's a necessary avenue. Like like I, I think like how you said like a doctor, like just your physical doctor, like a therapist should be another person you consult with just like on the regular because it's just there's it's like you need to make sure like it's as i said you're investing in your mind you're investing in your mental state and you're making sure that if you're not okay then like you're not going to be able to operate and do the things that you need to do and that you want to do so it's better to you know attack that head on and make sure you're you're doing something for yourself rather than focusing on oh what are other people going to think as usual you know so yeah definitely agree yeah that's that's so true and like I also want to circle back to when you mentioned that uh, the the thing about failure. And yeah. so I want to hear from you a little bit more about that. So what is your personal experience with failure and then what helps you navigate it as well? Yeah, I think I've just become a pro at, at experiencing failure at this point. <laughs> I mean, I just, I really like in the last four or five years, I failed in many ways, like not just with, not just with music. I think just all around I've, I've, there's been experiences where I failed and failed and failed. And like, it it took a lot to realize that I needed to pull myself out of this, out of what I was experiencing. I think overall, when you're experiencing failure, it's so easy to let it get down on yourself, which I did for a long time. I let it, I let it affect me and just like my self-worth for so long. And I was just like, I suck. Like I, I literally just, I don't even know. It's weird to look back now because I'm just like, I, I really let it get to me, you know? And the second you realize that like failure is what fuels your fire at the end of the day, that is a turning point for when you welcome failure. And honestly, like now, if I were to fail, which I still fail a lot every day, I, I, I mean, it's hard not to fail in this world. Like, you know, so it's like, I still fail every day, but when I do, I take it with a grain of salt now and I don't let it get to me because if you do, you're hindering yourself even more if you're going to let failure affect you because failure is inevitable. It's going to happen in all forms, shapes, sizes, whatever it's going to happen to you. And the point is if you're not failing, you're not growing, you're not learning new things about yourself. Um, you're not testing yourself. And so I, in a way, I'm ready for failure now and I'm okay with it. It's still going to suck. It still does suck. It makes me feel like shit sometimes, but it's not to the point where it used to be where I was like literally had no self-worth when I failed, whenever I failed, because it's okay. It's okay to fail and you're going to fail no matter what, you know? And I mean, there's another cheesy quote where it's like you fail a thousand, a hundred thousand times and you have that one time where you succeed and that's the time you, you make it, you know? And I, I kind of disagree with that. I feel like life is just a series of like fails and wins and like the fails like push you to a win because like you have to, you have to have highs and lows in life. So you'll have a high and then you'll fail and then you'll have another high and you'll have another fail. But like overall, when you're failing and winning, it'll just be like an upward trend in a way. So like you keep growing as you fail. And so by the time you're X amount of years old, or you're just, you've grown mentally, you're a better person. You're a more, you're, you're just more in touch with yourself. You're confident. You're okay with who you are. And you know, you grow in ways that you didn't think you would. So yeah, I think my personal experiences with failure were immense, but they definitely taught me a very valuable lesson. And I think more now as I've grown up a little bit more, um, and gone out of college, moved on to new, new cities, new things. I've realized that that failure was really necessary for me to be in the place I am right now. And it's going to continue. I mean, uh, one example of failure for me is I, I got laid off like right when COVID started and I had just gone back home for two months to just stay with family for a bit. 
And as soon as like the day before going back to LA, I got laid off. I took that and I made something of it. I applied to jobs for three, four weeks and I got a new job. And it's just like, if you take failure as a positive thing and you are energized by it rather than desensitized and more just like lethargic towards failure, you will see amazing things come. You will see amazing things happen to you. So yeah, I think that's overall, like what I'm trying to say is like, it's okay to fail, take that failure and go kick ass next time. That's it. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Can we like put that quote like on a t-shirt or something? <laughs> like that was amazing. I love that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Love it. You hit the nail on the head with that. Like honestly, that's like every, all of my thoughts about it, you literally just like said so perfectly and in such a like beautiful way. So I really appreciate yeah. you sharing that. Cause like, yeah, like you're right. Like every in every failure, there's a lesson to be learned. And in every lesson, there's growth. And what does growth eventually lead to is that success and to like be the better version of yourself. So like, what, what is success without failure, you can't have, you can't experience one without the other, you have to experience both. And you're right, like, it's not linear. I feel like everyone just myself included, I used to see life as just like a constant upward, you know, up incline but that's not the way life is like I like how you said like it's it's ups and downs like that's life you know but you just get like better at navigating it slowly and as you fail more as you learn more about yourself too and there's like this really good quote that I really like is like to see your problems as a portal instead of like a a closed door see it as like another door that will like lead to something else you know so I, I really like that too yeah no that's a great way to phrase it for sure it's just like opening another another channel for you it's like springboarding you to something new absolutely i i'm a firm believer of that yeah exactly and like i know you spoke on this a little bit but how do you personally stay mentally and inspirationally aligned yeah that's a great question i think in terms of just overall staying aligned with inspiration specifically i do a lot of visualizing i think i'm a daydreamer at heart and i do a lot of visualizing and i I do a lot of manifesting if you want to call it that like since tiktok's like do the whole manifestation thing but i really am a believer in if you picture something enough and you work if you you can't just picture it you obviously have to work at it too if you picture something enough and you vividly just see yourself somewhere doing something and you work your ass off at it it will happen. Um, and I like, it's law of attraction. If you do something enough and you work at it enough and you put your all into it and you literally are, would die for it, like it's, it's going to happen. Um, and so that's kind of how I stay inspirationally aligned because I have such big ambitions for myself. I always will. And I always use those ambitions and those daydreams per se as kind of a clear path to what I'm trying to achieve. Anytime I'm getting discouraged or I'm just getting kind of drained or like having a little creative block or something, I literally just like re the way I realign myself is just thinking about that. I visualize, I close my eyes and think about where, what do I see myself doing with this? And if I want this to happen, what am I going to do in the process to get there? Why am I sitting on my ass right now? No, get your ass up and do something. Like it's, it's really like a mental battle in a way you have to like talk to yourself and you have to like get yourself up some days. It's not easy every day to get up and work all day and you know do what you want to do there's days that you don't want to do anything it's like 80 percent of how i feel anyways like i i get it but it's a lot about talking to yourself and and visualizing what you see for yourself i think and that's kind of what i've been doing to stay motivated especially during quarantine because i feel like it's very easy to get like just want to be in bed like i'm honestly i still nap a lot but it's just it's it's easy it's easy to get sucked into that so i think inspirationally that's how i stay aligned um, I think mentally how I stay aligned is like family is the first thing that I depend on. Obviously, like I, I, I do believe that we're humans and we rely on connection and we rely on personal, you know, just connection with people. And so I rely on people I can trust, which are my parents and which are like my brother and my cousin. So like I talk to my family every day, literally every day in some way, shape or form. I FaceTime people, I text people. And that's kind of how I stay like mentally intact where I'm like, okay, like I'm grounded. I have these people in my life. I am okay you know because sometimes you just need to feel okay like i get panicked sometimes nowadays i'm like across the country from like everyone i've known you know so i'm like i need to like talk to someone and just like realign myself and just feel a little better that's that's one way i stay mentally you know just like intact i think another thing is just like writing um not even songwriting just writing like i just have a notes in my phone and i just write everything write everything um and then 
exercise. I think exercise is life-changing, honestly. Like I am the worst at staying committed to exercise. Ask anyone I know. I'm horrible at doing it. But when I, when I feel like shit, I force myself to exercise because it just, I feel a release and I just feel better. I just feel better. Um, and honestly, like a fourth thing is just treating yourself, treating yourself. Exercise kind of pans into that. But like, if I'm like stressed out or, or like having anxiety or something one night, like I'll just like put everything away and just like go take a nice shower, put on a face mask, put on my favorite show, like order my favorite food, just like sit in and not do anything else that night. Just like focus on like treating myself and being in the moment and feeling better. You know, like sometimes people forget that that's something you need to do too. Like take care of yourself. Like you are your own best friend. You're with yourself for the rest of your life. Stop doing what you're doing for other people or for your career or for something else and just have a night for yourself. And so, yeah, I think it's a mix of things. Like, like everyone else, I feel like this is probably what a lot of people do too, but it's, it helps and it works. And it's, especially for those people who are away from home and like during this time too, like try new things out. Like, like the more new experiences you, you put your, the more new experiences you position yourself in, the more you're going to grow and feel, feel like better in a way. It just like makes you feel more whole and better. Um, and the more I like put myself out there in more uncomfortable situations and just like whether it's going somewhere new, meeting someone new, trying something new, I, I myself feel better and I forget the anxieties and like the thoughts that I've had that bring me down, you know? That's true. That's why they say variety is the spice of life and yep. like switching it up, you know? I, I really yep. like that. Um, thank you for sharing all that. And yeah. also, um, what, what are some like biggest lessons you've learned so far? And if you could give your past self some advice what would you say to the younger sanjana oh man <laughs> um oh god i guess one of the main things i would i would say to younger me is like it's going to be okay like that's the main thing i think i would say is like it's it's going to be okay and you are loved i think like that's another thing like you are loved and you're not alone um, I think it's really easy to feel alone, especially in this day and age, in this generation, and like just and in our, at our age too, like in, in your twenties and like even like eighteen to like I know like older twenties and like thirties and maybe even beyond that. It's really easy for a human to feel alone, and so I think the main thing I would convey to myself and just and in, in general, like a lesson I've learned is that first of all, don't take everything so seriously because it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, I think. I was, I think just like, don't take everything so seriously. Like just breathe. It's going to be okay. And like, you're not alone. You're loved. You're always going to be loved by someone or if not yourself, because that's the most important love there is the love that you have for yourself because you're with yourself till the day you die. And also like I'm reiterating the fact, fuck what people think. I mean, I know that's also cliche, but like a lot of my actions in the past were caused by people's perceptions whether it was I was doing something to please someone or I was doing something because it was already expected of me. And it's just like, I was labeled as a bitch or something. And I'm like, Oh, I'm a bitch. So I'm going to do this, you know? So it's just like, don't let people decide who you are. Don't let people decide your identity because only you know that. And don't let people take away who you are from you as well. Because I let people do that to me for years and whoever's listening to this and they know me, they know that's true. I've let people take away my identity for myself. And I've let myself be labeled as things that I'm not or things that I've kind of just like been forced into um, being because I've been labeled as such. And so, yeah, for me, for anyone who's listening to this, don't let people do that to you. You know who you are. Stick to that shit. Don't let people tell you who you are. Yeah, just just do you. And, and as I said, kick ass because you can. And like, you don't need to depend on any other person's opinion or any other person's um, perception of you to get anywhere. Are they paying your bills? Are they dictating your success? Are they calling you at the end of the night when you're in a bad place and you need someone to talk to? No. So they don't matter then. So that's it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I love that so much. Thank you for, thank you for sharing all that. I think that's yeah. like a lovely way to kind of wrap up this conversation that we've been having. And I want to thank you again so much for being here. I feel like this was such a beautiful conversation and like yeah. personally, like, feel so inspired by it just myself. <laughs> no, I feel really like, honestly, I love this conversation. I feel energized by it as well. And like, it was really, really fun talking to you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, likewise. And also 
how can people find you if, uh, if they want to look you up on social media and stuff like that? Where can they do that best? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my Instagram and my Twitter and my TikTok, basically all my social media is XOXO Sanj, S-A-N-J. And then on Spotify or Apple Music, it's just Sanj, so S-A-N-J. And you can find all my music on Apple Music, Spotify. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Um, and if you have like Amazon prime music or title or one of those other ones, it's all Sanj. So I'm on basically every platform. If you want to listen to like my more new release music, um, or my old music, if you want. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that's where to find me. If you want to like get in contact with me or just talk or have a conversation about anything, like my DMS are open. So feel free to DM me on Instagram. I really try to respond to everyone. Like I, I'm, I'm always on my phone. That's kind of a con of me for sure. I'm like always on my phone, but I, I respond to everyone. Like even if I'm slow at responding or I forget to respond, I will respond. And I, I love having conversations with people. So please reach out. Like I would love to talk. Um, even if you're not an artist, anyone who just wants to talk, hit me up. Yeah. I love that. I love how open you are with that too. And yeah. And all that's in the episode notes too. So if you didn't catch that, check out the notes and there's also the link to social media, YouTube, and also the EP as well. So make sure you check that out and show Sanj some love. But yeah, thank you again, Sanj, for being here. I'm so grateful for this conversation that we had. Thank you for having me. It was so fun. As always, I thank you for listening and staying tuned. If you like this episode, feel free to share it with the people in your life. I would also really appreciate if you would subscribe to Synergy Cast on whatever podcast platform you prefer, give it a five-star rating, and leave a good review mentioning what you like about the podcast. You can also follow the Instagram for updates, at Synergy Cast, and I have also included that in the episode notes. I have now a new feature, which is a voice memo feature, which I am very excited about. So if you would like to send in your thoughts and your feelings or your personal experiences, feel free to record a voice memo and send it my way. I would love to include your voice in the next podcast episodes. Lastly, if you are willing and able, there is another new feature where you can donate however much money you want to help support Synergy Cast financially. If you do choose to donate, The money would help me pay for several things. It would help me pay for myself, my own energies, my own efforts, and also the money would help pay my future guests, especially people of color, for their time, since I believe it is very important to compensate people of color, especially for their time and energy, since many BIPOC which stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color, have a history of being taken advantage of and underpaid or not paid at all for their efforts. So any and all ways you choose to support would be very much appreciated. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes coming your way soon. Stay safe, everyone, and take care.